When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 88. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you are taking care of yourself. I hope that you're feeling good right now. Thank you for showing up and taking the time to be here. I know that people tune in to this podcast because they want to get into that place inside themselves where they feel the power of their higher selves. And I'm so grateful to be that space for so many of you. And I'm so grateful to all the people who are sending in questions and helping facilitate that space for all of us, including me. We are living in a time that is in so many ways unknown. And I don't want to be one of those people that says, oh, everything is going to get better. I don't think that that's helpful because the truth of the matter is, is life is unpredictable and sometimes there's suffering and sometimes there's things that just really, really suck. Sometimes people go backwards. Sometimes people relapse. Sometimes there's unnecessary suffering. And until we allow ourselves to understand that despite what happens in this outside 3D reality, ultimately I know that no matter what happens, nothing can take away my spirit. Nothing can take away the love that I have inside me that is eternal. No law, no power-hungry politician, no hate speech, no unnecessary suffering, no war. The love within us is beyond the forces that try to quell that love. And there are forces. There are forces in the world who are so misguided and don't realize that the ultimate power is to love yourself and one another. That really is the place of true power. But for so many generations, human beings have been so misguided. They don't know their inner worth. And so they grab for power. They grab for dominance. They grab for control. They grab for possessions. They are sickened with greed because they need more and more and more and more in order to feel like they are enough. So our biggest protest against those forces of oppression and dominance and greed is to love ourselves, is to know that we are enough, is to believe in love. That is the most radical 
position we can take. That is the most empowered position we can take in these circumstances. We are so important and so valuable. We all are. And we have to continue to tell ourselves that and tell each other that. That is the force that is going to change the way this world works. The way the world works right now is not representative of our true selves, our higher selves. It isn't. But it can be. It absolutely can. And so how we sustain ourselves when we feel bombarded by those forces and overwhelmed by the news and the chaos and so discouraged is we come back to our higher selves and we say, there is nothing that anybody can do or say that takes away the love I have for myself and the love I have for humanity. I refuse to stop believing in us. I refuse to become cynical and pessimistic. I refuse to disempower myself. Our greatest fight against unloving actions is love. So I just want to thank you for being that representative on this planet. And there's so many of us and we all do it in our own way. And it's all so beautiful. So even though the headlines are really loud, even though the suffering feels really loud, we have to get really loud about love. Love needs to speak even louder. We have to keep standing up for each other. We have to keep caring for each other. The revolution is going to be a revolution of care and love. That's the only way, right? It's like that cliche Einstein quote, you can't solve a problem by the same consciousness in which the problem was created. We have to raise our consciousness to our higher selves. And that's why we're here right now, today. And we're gonna keep doing that work together. All right? Okay, let's get to the questions. Hi, Bunny. Um, I just wanted to start off by saying how much I appreciate you and your podcast. Um, I've been listening for about a year and a half, maybe two years now, and it's totally changed my life. Thank you so much. Um, for the last two years or so, I've been really trying to like connect to my higher self and Actually, when I started listening to your podcast, um, I had my first, like, lesbian relationship and, like, fully came out to everyone in my life. And I'm not going to lie to you, it was very, very hard. Um, I had never really, like, given into love before. Um, and I have a lot of trauma. So I had never been vulnerable like that, and a lot of it came out in this relationship. Um the problem is that my partner also had a lot of trauma and, you know, those traumas kind of battled each other. I can't, we actually, we broke up and I know it was the right decision. Um, we came out of it like really amicably, but I'm having a really hard time with some of the ways that like she spoke to me and treated me. I know she loved me. But um, there's a lot of judgment from her and um, a lot of um, being disconnected from me and pushing me away. And it really hurt me. And I didn't even realize how much at the time until we ended it. So I've been having, like, 
this weird experience of my higher self knowing, like, ever since the breakup, like, it was the right thing. And then my heart just being broken because I really loved her. And it was my first love. And I just feel so torn knowing, like, she's a good person. I'm not mad at her. But she has her issues. And those issues, like, inadvertently hurt me. I genuinely do not believe she meant to. But I'm just having such a hard time connecting my higher self and, like, the knowing that it was the right choice with my heart. And I just was wondering, like, if you have any advice on that, because it's so hard to, like, know. Okay, like, Lexi, like, sorry, that's my name. I'm doing my, like, little, um, how yourself talk to myself. Like, hey, like, you're okay. Like, you made the right choice. She made the right choice. You're going to be okay, and you're going to find the love that nourishes you and satisfies you and is right for you and is patient and doesn't judge you, but, like, at the same time, my heart being, like, off my life. Oh, no, Bunny, I don't know where we got cut off. Um, But my question basically is that um, I'm having a hard time connecting my higher self to my heart, knowing that. I made the right choice in my, like, my higher self telling me that, that I'll be okay, that someone else will come at some point to, like, satisfy my heart and give it the love that it deserves. And not that, you know, knowing that I will be okay and that I will find a love that nourishes me. But then also feeling that heartache, it it feels like I'm being pulled in two different directions. And I'm having a really hard time balancing between my heart and my higher self. That, you know, those two parts of me are kind of battling each other. Um, so I was just wondering if you had any advice on that. Again, I just want to say thank you, Bunny, because you genuinely have been such a huge part of my healing journey in the last couple of years. So I really couldn't have done it without you and your advice. So... And listening to the other listeners' stories who are so brave, um, they've given me the bravery to people. So I just want to say thank you again, and I love you, and I hope you're having an amazing day. Hi, love. Look, your heart and your higher self are not in conflict, okay? They're one and the same. You're going through a grieving process because you've lost... A love in your life and that feels painful but the reason why it feels painful is because you are a loving caring compassionate person that has so many feelings about your ex it doesn't mean that there's something wrong you know being in pain from loss from grief doesn't mean that something is not right it doesn't mean that you're not in the right state of mind. It doesn't mean that something needs to be fixed. It's a testament to the love you have for that person. And it's a testament to your hurt feelings. And all of those emotions, your anger, your sadness, um, your grief, are part of your wholeness. That's part of your wholeness. So your higher self isn't separated from that. Your higher self is the container for all of the multitudes of you. 
for all of your emotions, for all of your thoughts. Your higher self is the container that is totally compassionate throughout your processing. Your higher self is there saying, it's okay that you feel angry right now. Your higher self is there saying, it's okay that you feel sad. It's okay that you feel confused. It's okay that you feel hurt. Your higher self is in full acceptance of all the expressions of you and is saying that none of that is wrong. There is no wrong about you. And when you lose a partner, especially your first same-sex partner, that has a big effect because it took a lot of courage and strength for you to come out or let people in rather. So anytime you lose that first relationship, that first queer relationship, it has a lasting impact. It feels harder in a different kind of way because that person was kind of your refuge for that time period where it was hard to feel accepted by everybody else. Your partner became that refuge of your queerness. So that safe place is gone, right? That's why you feel the way you feel and that's totally okay. As you process, as you process those feelings, you will come out the other side with a deeper understanding and you will know that you're gonna be okay And that actually that safe space comes from you and always has come from you, right? You were the person who decided to be your authentic self. You were the person who made the choice to love somebody completely. You were the person who made the choice and realized that you actually deserve a better relationship and and a partner that is healed enough to be able to be the kind of support that you need. You have been the one taking each step forward. And that's why your higher self knows you're gonna be so good. And that's why your higher self knows that you deserve this time period to feel sad, to be sensitive, to get support from your friends and your family, to cheer yourself up with some comedy movies or going out to a party to maybe go on another date just to have a little bit of fun and know that there's other people out there, to stay home and journal and think about it and meditate on it, maybe even write your excellent letter where you say all of the things that you're upset about them to and then not even send it because you just needed to let it out. You know, this is the part of breakups that is really grimy and really hard, but you have so much strength within you. Your higher self is guiding you through love and has been guiding you through love. You've made all the right decisions. So don't lose that trust in yourself now. You're doing so well. I know it doesn't feel good, but you're doing so well right now. Like, really. You're on top of your game. I know it sounds weird to think that when you're going through a breakup, but you are in the light. So keep reminding yourself of that and know that every emotion is part of your wholeness and it's all okay. Sending you so much love. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. 
This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Hi, Sunny. I've been a longtime listener, and I really didn't think I would ever pick up the phone to call. But um, I love that you've made a community of all of us who suffer and want to hear what our higher selves are trying to tell us, which easily segues into my question of how I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of traveling. I've had a lot of jobs. And I've noticed that I really just want something to mean something to me. And it's really hard to find that when I look through the lenses of family, friends, people who care, people who have expectations of me, the world, the society, the patriarchy, like it's just so sick. And um, I really love the thought of tiny homes and herbalism and like grassroots things. And I've learned some things thanks to your session with um, Jessica Legnato about um, the 12th house and I have a lot of placements there so this is a little bit of a multi-layer question but it says it's like really anti-capitalism and I just am putting so much pressure on myself to perform to do the next thing in my life that is a success or a next stepping stone and sometimes I just feel paralyzed by analyzing everything and not knowing what the right thing is so If you've ever felt stuck in a creative pit where you just feel depressed after a while because you don't know what the right thing is, I would love to know how to break free of my own prison and how to walk out feeling strong and knowing I love me and that's what matters. Thank you for being a light in the world. I aspire to be a similar light to you and I commend you for all that you do. Thank you so much for listening, and I love everyone who's listening, and I send you all love, peace, and harmony. Thank you. Oh, you absolute sweetheart. I'm going to let you in on a little creative secret. There is no right way. There is no right thing. There is no thing you're supposed to do and thing you're not supposed to do. Creativity doesn't work like right and wrong creativity is simply an expression of who you are and there is no right or wrong expression we come from a culture that looks at everything through a hierarchical lens that wants to judge everything according to better or worse our entire society is made up with that structure and that structure that belief system Just because our society organizes itself around it doesn't mean it's working. It doesn't mean it's benefiting us. In fact, it's causing so much suffering in so many different ways. Our economic structure, our cultural structure, the way that we categorize beauty, the way that we categorize material value, 
looking at something as needing to be better than something else or needing to be better than someone else or needing to feel in some way higher on that hierarchical ladder comparatively causes us so much pain. It really does. Because when you look through that lens, it's never going to be enough, babe. It's honestly, it's never enough, especially if you're an artist. No matter what you do, if you're looking at your work through that hierarchical lens, no matter how beautiful, authentic, present it is when you created it, you will see something that you think is better. Always. And you will focus on that. And it will ruin your joy. It will. And the reason why you do that is because you think that that is what people do in order to be successful. You think that's actually what helps you get better. People actually believe that shaming themselves and punishing themselves and insulting themselves and putting themselves down is the formula to success. Why do we believe that? Because we come from a childhood where we were punished for being ourselves. We come from a culture where our authenticity was silenced. And so it feels really scary, really uncomfortable to love ourselves to accept ourselves. It's really hard. We're just not used to it. We're not used to telling ourselves we're enough. But our hearts know that we are. Our higher selves know that we are. And that is why you know and have the awareness that what you're doing to yourself isn't fair. That's why you called. Because you know it's not right. Our growth isn't about figuring out how to be better than we are, right? Our success in life isn't about finally getting the recognition that will finally prove to us that we are enough. There will never be enough recognition. There will never be enough money. There will never be enough fame. There will never be enough people telling you that you're good. There will never be enough relationships because in your own mind, You don't think you're enough. It's all in your own mind. But you didn't put that thought there. When you were born, you knew you were whole. You knew you were deserving. You were a child and you drew that painting and that drawing and it came out of you so pure. You weren't thinking, ooh, this isn't as technically good as my friend sitting next to me. All of that type of thoughts were socialized into you. And then all of a sudden, people became either artists or not artists, either talented or not talented. No longer were people encouraged to create just for the sake of the, and the joy of creating. You were split into a category of people who were artists and people who weren't. But the truth is we're all artists. We're all creative. We all self-express. It's just some people practice and some people don't. And the reason why people don't is because they believe they're not good enough to Or they believe that they don't have anything creative to say. And it hurts, you know, to see that kind of discouragement by our society and people who have really internalized that. So I'm right there with you, trying to dismantle that conditioning, working on accepting myself, just like you, just like everybody listening to this. Everybody listening to this right now struggles with fully accepting themselves because we live in a world that doesn't support that, okay? It's not because you're weak. It's not because you're not spiritually advanced enough. It's because 
you're living in this 3D reality where we have to constantly fight against that. Your creative practice is sacred. You are a channel for divine creative energy. And every time you open up and let it out, that energy is moving through you. And it comes out different in every person because it's shaped by your own personal experiences and perspective at that given moment in time. That's all it is. It's capturing one moment of time. And it's so beautiful. It's so present. It's like taking a snapshot of your divinity. Being an artist is a sacred practice. It's a spiritual practice. And every time you do that, you're showing up to your higher self because you're saying, I am important enough to express myself. My perspective matters. It's an affirmation of your worth, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like. That's not the point. Honestly, it really isn't. The point is the practice. It's the ritual. It's the sacred time you have with yourself. So honor it. Honor yourself. Let's keep doing that together. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Kara. You know what's cool about this podcast? What? That we get to help people and bring them together. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But we need help too, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. I mean, everybody does, right? For access to bonus content... And to help support this podcast, please become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash exo higher self. We couldn't do this work without you. Our Patreon and our subscribers are keeping this podcast sustainable. So don't forget to show your love. Everybody needs help and support. Thanks, y'all. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I really hope this question doesn't come across supremely fucked up. I recently ended a relationship with someone I deeply cared about, but this question isn't about the relationship. Early in the relationship, my ex told me about a time during his freshman year of college when his friends joked that he had yellow fever because he had hooked up with two Asian women in close succession. I am not Asian, but I thought this was a really fucked up joke and said as much, but I also wanted to give these friends the benefit of the doubt because it happened many years ago. Anyway, after we broke up, I had a thought come up that made me very uneasy with myself. I thought about how I would feel extra sad if he ended up dating an Asian woman after me. After this thought, I felt really ashamed. I actually grew up in a town with a very large Asian population and had friends of all backgrounds. All this time, I thought I couldn't possibly hold racist assumptions towards Asian people because I grew up being friends with so many. I really admired a lot of these friends and I can admit that a lot of my friends were prettier and better than me. Anyway, I don't have to be this kind of person who feels threatened by a discriminated against population. I know it's ultimately a reflection of my own insecurities, but I can't help but feel guilty for thinking all this in the first place. How can I hire self my way out of these thoughts? I love your podcast so much and really hope one day to meet you. Maybe a future Patreon hang. Hi, babe. You know, we are all conditioned by racism. We all grew up in a racist society. So even if you had friends who were Asian and 
were close with them, that doesn't make you immune to white supremacy. It doesn't. And part of dismantling white supremacy is becoming more self-aware and seeing those thoughts that come up and those judgments and those assumptions and those stereotypes and that hatred. So you becoming aware of where your mind is going is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And one of the things that has really helped me in terms of my own conditioned racism is acknowledging that we are not our conditioning. It's true that it's something that we need to be accountable to, but it's not ultimately who we are. And when we can separate ourselves from our conditioning, it actually helps us dismantle it. When we take away our identity from the hierarchical conditioning and learned hierarchical beliefs that we were brought up with, it actually helps us not feel overwhelmed by the task of bringing them more into our awareness and actively changing them. The process of acknowledging our racism is really about being curious where your thoughts are coming from. And I'm sure that because you lived in a neighborhood with a lot of Asian people, I do not doubt that you heard racist comments when you were young, growing up. Like, I have a really hard time thinking that you didn't. And then on top of that, obviously, there's TV shows and movies and this extremely long history of pop culture being totally racist and having these caricatures of Asian people and black people and Mexican people and and Arab people and all of that kind of thing, you know, and that all gets put into our brain and it's a sickness. It really is. So how we heal, how we get healthy is owning up to it and being like, you know what? That was a racist freaking thought I just had. Like that was racist. And another thing that I think is happening is that it's also mixing in with this sexism against other females and this idea that you're in competition with whoever it is that your partner ends up dating next and feeling like, if they look a certain way, that makes them better than me. And I noticed that in your email, you said, you know, you grew up with people who you thought were better than you. And this is exactly where that sexism and racism come from is this lens of hierarchy where we use all of these different markers in order to make ourselves better or worse than other people based on how we look, what we have, what our accomplishments are, all that kind of thing. So the process of you dismantling hierarchical thinking includes sexism, racism. It includes the way that you see yourself and compare yourself to others. It's all coming from the same lens. So the more loving and accepting you are for yourself, the more compassionate you are in your own process of healing and unlearning, that's actually going to help you evolve faster. That's actually going to help you have a lot more inner peace. That's actually going to help you have a lot more joy. The more kind you are to yourself, the more loving you are to yourself, the more loving you are to other people, the more you see the higher self in other people and in yourself. That's actually what's going to empower you to unlearn, to not compare yourself and to not get trapped in those thoughts. That's really the only way is complete 
love. So when stuff comes up that you know you're working on changing, it's not about shame. It's not about guilt. It's about encouragement, compassion, and care. Because it is actually self-care for you to be accountable to your mistakes. That's actually part of your self-care practice because that's your higher self knowing that who you really are isn't those beliefs, okay? So encouragement, self-compassion, care, nourishment, accountability, they all go together. You're gonna be okay. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I'm writing you today because a weird memory from my past came up over this weekend and it's making me feel a lot of shame. I was looking through my closet to find some nail polish and I came across a letter that I hadn't seen in years. It was a letter I wrote my dad when I was 13 and angry. My parents had divorced when I was 10 and my mom took me and my sisters to North Pennsylvania and my dad stayed in North Carolina. I hadn't seen my dad in years at that point and he had sent me a doll for my birthday and at 13 I felt like appalled at him for even thinking I still played with dolls. It was like he didn't know me. Years after this letter, the relationship between my dad and I got so much better. We talked on the phone a lot more, and he soon became one of the only people who really knew my heart and my light. He passed away when I was 21, and after he died, I found this letter in one of his briefcases packed away. I don't know why he kept it, and I'm not sure why I then chose to keep it as well. Because here I am, finding it yet again at 31, and my heart just broke. I can't believe that I wrote such a nasty, hateful, and hurtful thing to him in this letter. I can't imagine how he must have felt as a parent reading it. I look back now, and I know he was doing his very best. It just hurts to know that I spoke so awful to him. I know that I had eventually apologized to him, which he said I never needed to apologize for it. I know a lot of the words I said in that letter, which I did not really come to understand until adulthood, came from brainwashing my mother gave me and my sisters. She hated him, and she in turn made us hate him too as kids. Anyways, I just feel so awful about this letter. It makes me feel so much sadness and shame that I feel I'm having a really hard time to shake. I wish I could take it back. I wish I could hug him now and apologize again. Do you have any thoughts or advice on how to move forward after such a reminder? Thank you so much, Bunny. So thankful for you literally every day. I am not going to claim to know what your father was thinking, but I have an intuition that your father kept this letter because it was such an important reminder about how difficult it was for you to be apart from him. You were a child and parents are very insightful and they know that when you speak out of anger when you say things that you don't mean the reason is because there's a deeper hurt going on inside when you make it about dolls and it's not really about dolls it's really about how he was separated from you and how much you missed him when you look at this letter you can look at it in two different ways you can look at it as this you know, letter you sent when you were a kid and you're angry in this temper tantrum. And then you can look at it as this testament to the emotional state you're in because you loved your dad so 
much and you wanted to be close to him and you weren't and you were angry. You were angry about it. So in this really wild way, your dad knew how important he was to you and how hard it was for you to be separated. And as sad as it was that you were separated, it was also really important for him to know how much you missed him. I think that your father understood on a very deep level that what that letter was ultimately was saying was that you love him. And that's why he said not to apologize for it. And that's why he kept it. It was an important time in both of your growth. It was an important time in both of your relationship. And he loves you. And he doesn't want you to punish yourself. It was enough of a punishment that you had to be separated from him. It was enough of a punishment that they got divorced. And it's true, yes, your parents were doing the best that they could. But that is really hard for kids. And it's painful. And it's traumatic. Your anger was justified. Understandable. It was coming from a very real place. And honestly, I'm proud of you for letting it out and not holding it in. I know that it's also mixed up with the things that your mom was telling you and their drama and their relationship, but ultimately that doesn't matter because all it really comes down to is that you and your father love each other very deeply. You still do. He's still there with you. And there's nothing that can break that. So as hard and difficult as it is to read that letter because it's a reminder of a really difficult time for you in a very traumatizing time. Of course, it's going to hurt to read that. You have a choice in what story you're going to tell yourself about that. And you can change the story. The story is your father knows how much you love him. You know how much he loves you. And that bond is so sacred and so beautiful it lasted through divorce. It lasted through very difficult time. And it's lasting beyond the physical realm into the spiritual, into the eternal realm where you'll always be connected beyond these forms. And that's so beautiful. So hold on to that. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Remember to take care of yourself. Reach out to people. Reach out to your friends. You never know what a difference that will make in somebody's day to just get a text that says, how are you? Thinking about you. Let me know if you need anything. I mean, it goes such a long way. Thank you to everybody who sent in questions. So generous of you. So beautiful. So vulnerable. Don't forget, if you want to get the bonus questions, which happen every other week, and especially if you're sending in questions, sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash XO higher self. All right, y'all. I love you so much. And so does your higher self. Take care. I'll see you next time. Bye. XO Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.